Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. So our Father, who art in heaven, we have come this morning to hallow your wonderful and great name. God, we thank you for the many compound names that we've come to know you as. We know you, Father God, as a God of great benefit to your people. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides and provides all of our needs and always has a ram in the bush. We thank you that you are Jehovah Sidkenu. God, we thank you. We thank you that you're the God of righteousness. And God, we thank you for loving us so much that you would send your only begotten son to die and to carry our sins far away. God, we thank you for redeeming us and we are the redeemed of the Lord this morning and the redeemed of the Lord, we say so. We're not silent about it. We're not ashamed about it. God, your word says if we're ever ashamed of you, you will be ashamed of us. And so, Father, we proudly and gladly and boldly decree and declare, our God reigns. Our God reigns. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on the earth just like it is in the heavens. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done for us individually. Help us, Lord God, to discover and to know and to fulfill our God-given assignment here on this earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done for our family members, God. Our sons, our daughters, our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers. All those that are connected to us by the bloodline. Biologically speaking. But God, we also thank you for those that are connected to us by the bloodline. Spiritually speaking. Whose blood was shed for the remission of all of our sin. And has made us a family. The family of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done for this nation, Father, that's reeling. And certainly, at times, everyone is looking and saying, we don't know what to do. But God, we remember your word, and we remember a king in the past who said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. God, may this nation's eyes be upon you. May this nation be on its knees before you. May this nation call your great name. Because you are a deliverer. You are a deliverer. When it concerns COVID and COVID-19, you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. God, you have always taken sickness out of the midst of your people, and you have not changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and he'll be that way forevermore. We can trust that. We can lean not to our own understanding, but just acknowledge God in that arena. He is well able. He is well able. God, forgive us. Forgive us of our debts and we forgive those who have trespassed against us. God, forgive us. May, Lord, anything that we have committed, anything that we have omitted, forgive us, Lord God. Just as you on the cross cried out to your Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. God, for people that are walking in spiritual darkness right now, we pray on their behalf, forgive, forgive, God, forgive us. And help us, Lord, to take a repentive position this morning, that 180-degree turn that all of us need to make and turn our eyes on Jesus. And Father, you lead us now. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. We put on the whole armor of God so that we may take the journey because it's a treacherous journey that we're taking. 
Your word says even though we may have to walk through the valleys and the shadows of death, we shouldn't fear any evil because you're going to be with us and you won't leave us. You won't forsake us. You will be with us even until the end of the ages, surrounding us with your favor like a shield. For thine is the kingdom. You're the power. All glory belongs to you. We, your people, this morning, Father, give you thanks, praise, and humbly submit ourselves before you, acknowledging you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And we, your people, will walk by faith and not by sight. Where will this faith come from? From hearing and hearing and hearing your word. And so, Father, we posture ourselves even now because your word says, He who has an ear, then let him hear. And let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning, God. Speak to every heart. Speak in every home. Speak into every individual, Father God, so that we may know your voice and the voice of a stranger we don't follow. And may when we began that journey, we follow hard after you. For every day, every morning we rise and we seek you. It is you. It is you. It is you. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said... Amen. Well, why don't you go ahead and take your seat. Again, we welcome all of you. Some of you are just coming in. Some of you are just tuning in. But whatever means that you are joining us this morning, we are thankful to God for you. And we're looking forward to just getting into the Word. Uh, this is something <laughs> you probably have already guessed it. I really enjoy preaching. <laughs> God is good. I, I was... Um, Listening, there is, uh, when I say this, some of you, I won't call his name, but you will know who it is as soon as I say it. I was um, just kind of kidding around with one of the brothers in the church, and, and um, he was talking to someone else, and, and he has a tendency to say this quite a bit, and he'll say, you got issues. <laughs> you got issues. And one day, I'm telling you, it was like, I don't want to call it pins and needles, but something went all over my body. God says, I got a message for you on issues. <laughs> Do you understand when God speaks to you, you just need to get quiet and just go get your pen, go get your paper, or whatever means that you uh, record what God is speaking to your heart. Because I'm telling you, if you don't start recording right away, you will tend to forget it. You will tend to overlook it. And so that day, I went in immediately to my office because I was laughing with him because he says it so frequently, and we always laugh as soon as he says it. You got issues. And God says, I got a message for you on issues. Look at your neighbor and say, he can handle your issues. There are times when you and I realize that we have issues. And so I want to draw your attention to the book of Mark. Go ahead and open your Bibles. We're going to be there. I may jump around a little bit, but for the most part, I'm going to be in Mark chapter 5. I want to start probably at the verse 21 and probably venture no further than verse 30. We may go a little bit deeper than that. See, this book of Mark, I love what you see about Jesus. When he first starts, you see Jesus dealing with a man who is possessed by demons. And so many that they were called legion. You see Jesus being approached by one who had practiced so much religion, but he didn't have relationship. Sometimes, you know, you and I, we can be in religion, but don't have relationship. And God wants you to have what? Relationship. And so this man came to Jesus. His name is Jarius. And his daughter was sick. She was just 12 years old. Can you imagine a parent having to stand in the gap for just a 12-year-old? The child is near death, and Jesus says, 
I can handle that issue. How many of you know Jesus can handle your issues? He can handle whatever issue you have this morning. All you need to know is that Jesus can handle it. Old saints used to say, you need to learn how to take it to the Lord in prayer. You need to learn how to approach the throne of grace so that you can receive mercy in your times of need. And so throughout the book of Mark, chapter 5, you find people with issues, with issues. But when we get to this 21st verse, and if you'll go ahead and put that verse on the screen, and those of you who have found it in your Bible, you'll find it, and I'm reading from a new King James version of the Bible to this morning, and it says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat, in other words, he just dealt with the issue of the gathering, and he crossed back over the, 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 the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret that we've now learned to call it, and as he crossed over again, by boat to the other side. How many of you know that no matter where you go, there is issues? Whether you're on this side of the water or the other side of the water, there's going to be issues. Whether you're in this state or another state, there are going to be issues. Whether you're in this church or another church, there are going to be issues. And God knows how to deal. You can't run from it. God just wants you to learn how to deal with it. And you deal with it by going to him. Amen? So, back to verse 21. And now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea. You know, a lot of times when God is doing something to you in your life, a lot of people will gather around you. It don't necessarily mean that they're all going to stay with you. They're just gathering around sometimes because of the excitement of the moment. Can you imagine? They all knew this man. They had literally been the people that put him up in the cave and locked him up. You remember? They put chains on him. But he would break the chains, cut himself with the rocks. They all knew that this man was coming back in his right mind. This hadn't been a short time. This hadn't been a problem that would just arise. This man had been that way for some time, and Jesus had delivered him. Jesus had set him free. So a great multitude is gathering around Jesus. And let's go on a little bit further. In verse 22, 22, brother, and he says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jarius by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. I love the approach that Jarius takes. He just falls at his feet. I often remind and reminded of a time my wife and I, we spent probably over a year in uh, South Korea. And we would go to a church uh, pastored by uh, Dr. Paul Youngie Cho. I think he's changed his name to David Cho now. But 10,000 people would be in the sanctuary. 10,000 people would be outside waiting to get in. And they would do this six times a day in a Sunday morning. Can you imagine six services, 10,000 people? And, and I, what we loved about it, what I loved, what Pat loved about it is that when people came in, they wasted no time with foolishness. They would just come and drop to their knees. What do you do when you come to the house of the Lord? I'll leave that alone. But I know this. Every Sunday that we were there for over a year, and we would get an opportunity to go, we see the same thing. So it wasn't an act. It was a way of life. They fall on their faces. They would utilize that one hour, and it generally was a one-hour service. But that one hour was an hour of power, just getting into the presence of Jesus. And Jarius, as you can see, when he comes to Jesus, Though he has been a part of opposition to Jesus for a period of time. But he realizes, how many of you realize sometimes you can be hanging with people that can't do a thing for you in time of need? I was dealing with a situation this week where a person realized that I, I, I need to come, and, and, and I'll use the expression, I need to come back home was what the person said to me. See, sometimes you can just be everywhere. You, 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 you can be dabbling in a lot of things that you probably shouldn't be dabbling in. And it's important to know where to go and to come back home. 
And, and I love Jarius. He knew where to go. When he was in a place of desperation, he knew where he needed to go. And he went to Jesus. And he fell on his knees, crying for help. And this is what he said in verse 23 now. And, and, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. How many of you know whoever, whatever is touched by Jesus will have life? Whoever is touched by Jesus will have life. And the Bible says, and you'll have it more abundantly. So this man knows that death is at his door. He knows that death is calling his daughter's name. But he knows when death is calling your family's name, you need to call the name of Jesus. And he calls the name of Jesus. And he begs him. And he says, come, come touch her. Come, get close to her. So Jesus, verse 24 says, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. In other words, as Jesus began to make the journey, people started just following him. You know, he's just surrounded by a crowd. He's trying to get, how many of you know that there are millions, if not billions of cries under Jesus this morning, but Jesus will come to your house. Jesus will respond to your prayer. Jesus has an answer for your issue. Ask your neighbor, do you have issues this morning? Now verse 25, verse 25 says, And now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things. How many of you know 12 years is a long time? Come on, it's a long time to be suffering. It's a long time and the issue is on your life and it doesn't seem like you've got a solution to it. For 12 years, she suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch the hem of his garment or his clothes, I shall be made well as faith. That's a confidence. That's a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of the glory divine and the glorious presence of God. She knew if I just get into his presence. How many of you know if you can just get into his presence sometimes? I mean, you've been good through some things in your life, had issues in your life, and you say, if I can just get into the presence of God. This is why we encourage people, press to get into the presence of God. Do not let the pressure stop you. You press. Do not let the issue stop you. You press. Get into the presence of God. Because she said, if I can just get into his presence, I know it's going to be all right. Somebody shout, it is well. Because when you get into the presence of God, you will be able to say, it is well. It is well. No matter what the circumstance, nothing had changed in her physical environment at that very moment. But her faith. Her faith is not anywhere now that I need to go spend something. She don't even have anything to spend. It's not that I need to go looking for him or looking for her. I need to look for Jesus. How many of you know when you look for Jesus, you will find the author and the finisher of your faith? I'm trying to be still here. I'm holding on to this podium. <laughs> look at verse 29. It says, immediately. Anybody can help me to find that word? Immediately. Somebody says, right now, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. 
Come on, 12 years. But touching Jesus immediately, the problem, the issue, dried up. And she was healed. Healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? You know, I, I, I love this song too. And, and the song says, he touched me. But do you understand that this portion is trying to help you to realize you can touch Jesus too? Sometimes we're praying and we're singing, Lord, touch me. And God's saying, I'm right here. Reach out and touch me. He was right there. And though she had to go through some obstacles, had to deal with some issues, Jesus was touchable. And I want to say to you today, Jesus is touchable if you want to touch him. You've heard me say often, you can have as much as Jesus as you want to. How much do you want? It's kind of like oftentimes people that will travel with me and when I go into a restaurant and people will ask me, uh, what would you like to have? And I said, I'd like to have all the free food I can eat. <laughs> then they laugh. And then they take my order, and then I said, oh, and on top of that, I'd like to have a million dollars. Now, I often find people would tell me when I say that to them, they say, well, if I had it, I'd share it with you. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. But you can have as much as Jesus as you want. The Bible says, if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, God says, I will respond. I will respond to what you're asking me for. I will respond to what you're seeking. I will respond to the door that you need to get open. Jesus deals with your issues. You remember when we started this, Jarius is saying, Jesus, I've got an issue. My 12-year-old daughter, do you know that Jesus had not forgotten Jarius? What he needs Jarius, what he needs you and I to do, if you'll read that chapter, Mark chapter 5, you'll find that he's often telling Jarius, if you can only believe, if you can only believe, if you can only believe, God has something for you. Amen? Let me just say to you, in this text this morning, it's a very powerful text. It's a very personal story about a woman that you and I will clearly be able to identify has some issues. And I want to say to you, the woman didn't just have one issue. The constant bleeding for 12 years is just the beginning of the issues. And for some of you, you have issues. But it began with an issue. And then, if you don't deal with the issue, it has a, as we say, a domino effect. And it starts to turn into issues. So, you and I will be able to see this morning that she had multiple issues. Because of the unresolved issue of the bleeding. And then other issues began to develop. It's important for you and I to realize, when you have an issue, you need to immediately... Go to Jesus. Look at what happened to this woman over 12 years. And then what happened when she went to Jesus? What happened? Immediately. What happened when she kept going here and there and this place and that place? 12 years. And a whole series of issues in her life. Here's a woman. We'll look at some of these issues in her life. Because of the law of Moses. And if you look back, not probably one of our favorite books, not even one of my favorite books to read in the Bible, but Leviticus. And in the Levitical law, in chapter 15 and verse 19, this is a woman who couldn't be in contact with anybody. This, this issue that she had, bleeding, she was considered unclean. She was in the same category as a, a leper would be. And so she could not have social interaction. It's kind of like COVID, isn't it? COVID says, 
he may be, she may be, they may be unclean. How many of you know that what God has cleansed? <laughs> Peter had that issue, you remember, with people that he thought were unclean. God says, I need you to go to his house. I need you to go in and touch him and be touched by him. Sometimes, folks, you don't realize that you need to literally come in so that you can be touched. You need to come out of some of the mindset that we get ourselves in and stay in for a long period of time because we don't come in and be touched. So being unclean, here's one of the issues that she has. She's isolated. She's isolated. That's an issue, isn't it? She had to be isolated from people. She was perhaps isolated from her family. How many of you realize very similar to what's happening right now? There are people that you hear reports that say, I haven't seen my mama for a year now. I haven't seen my family members for more than a year now. Isolated. How many of you know the devil loves to get you isolated? The devil loves to get you in a place where he can start playing with your mind. Start to take, to steal, and even kill and to destroy you. God created you for fellowship. God created you with this need for relationship. God dealt with his first creation, Adam, and he looked at Adam and he said, Not good to be what? Alone. Not good to be alone. This period that we've been in for over a year now is not good for people to be so isolated. This woman realized that 12 years had taken a toll on her. These 12 months or 12 months plus has taken a toll on a lot of people in life right now. And God is saying, bring me your issue. You who are burdened and heavy laden, what did God tell you to do? He said, come. Just come to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest from it. So she's isolated. And so she has isolated. And a result, social issues. We have social issues right now. There are people who don't want to be around people, refuse to be around people. And I laugh and, and I, I laugh at you and yeah, I'm talking about you. I see you at the grocery store. I see you at the Home Depot. I see you at Lowe's. I see you at all those places. And then you won't come to the house of the Lord. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And to Pastor, I'm being safe. Really? Do you know that there is safety in God? Do you know that there's safety in the multitude of God's counsel? We say we're faith people now. See, because of her isolation, she wasn't allowed to gather socially. You know what one of the other issues that she had? She couldn't gather religiously. And there's a lot of people who feel, I can't go to the house of worship anymore. There are some people who have made up their mind, I will not go to the house of worship anymore. There are some pastors that I talk to, and I'll go, why haven't you opened your doors back up? And some have just simply got lazy. Well, you know what? I can do this during the middle of the week, record it, and just put it out at the time. Do you know that the Bible still has not changed when it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself as some is, the manner of some is? Don't you know that the day is approaching? Do you understand what day is approaching? It is the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, yes, you will be living in a society that's getting wiser, but weaker. Look at all of the technology. Look at all of the various breakthroughs that we so-called have. But look how far away we're getting away from God. God is saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And the Spirit of God is saying to his church, you need to return to your first love. Now, that is, that's if God has been your first love. 
There's a young man by the name of Jonathan McReynolds. And I love the song that he talks about and he began to explain that we make a way for everything. That's what we consider our priority. But I don't know about you, but God said he is to be my priority. He tells me, seek ye first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, everything else that needs to be worked out in your life, he will work it out. God can take care of your issues. So this lady is kept away from society. She's kept away from worship. And you know what? The Bible, as you and I read it, it says she was getting weaker, which means she had physical issues. Anybody in here with some physical issues, don't raise your hand. I just want you to know God will deal with your issues today. She had societal issues, religious issues. She has physical issues. And if you were reading along with me, you realize that she said she ran out of money. Somebody say financial issues. You understand, do you see the domino effect? She started with an issue. And as she didn't deal with that issue, other issues now are evolving in her life. And I'm saying to you, you're wondering why this is happening. And look, it looked like I, I, I just got out of the, the, the pan and I jumped into the fire. Another issue in your life. Another issue in your marriage. Another issue in your home. Another issue on your job. It's because we don't deal with the one issue that the many issues keep cropping up in our lives. And immediately, the Bible says, when she dealt with the issue at the place where she's supposed to deal with the issue, immediately, that thing dried up. Immediately, that stopped. Immediately, that came to a halt. How many of you need an immediate response from God? Reach out and touch him this morning. Reach out and touch him this morning. Amen? You can't help believe because of her social exclusion, her religious oppression, her physical decline, and her financial poverty. She probably had some emotional issues. Come on, do you realize how that will weigh on your mind? How that will weigh on your heart? Emotional issues now. Because of one issue, we can see now multitudes of issues in this woman's life. It's right there in the scripture. Helping us to see that God is saying, I'm looking for people who understand that the devil will come to depress you. The devil will come to get you despondent. The devil will come so that you will literally self-destruct. You realize when issues start to mount up in your life, you'll start to think suicidal. The devil will say, take your own life. And God is saying, but I want to deal with the issue. I want to deal with the issue. You are working all around it. You are going here. You're going there. You're doing this. You're doing that. But you won't deal with the real issue. But when you deal with the real issue, it's like Sister Tammy was preaching last week, you have to surrender it all. You have to risk it all. Do you understand? When I say risk it all, go back to this woman. She was not supposed to be out in and among society. Do you realize that if there were people who recognized her and said, oh, she's unclean, do you realize what the law said that they could do to her? They could stone her. They could stone her. But somebody said, I'm taking the risk this morning. See, you might risk that some people may not want to be your friend when you start getting close to Jesus. Some people may not want to walk with you and talk with you and live the life that you live when you start getting close to Jesus. But take that risk. And let me just say to you, you're going to discover it's not a risk at all. Is truly faith. And you've taken a step 
that's taking you in the right direction. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here's what I would like to, I'm going to be brief this morning. Here's what I'd like to suggest to you that we do, that we see this woman do. Number one, I'm just going to give you two things. Number one this is this. She had to get close to Jesus. Look at a neighbor from afar and say, get close to Jesus. In this society where people are saying to you, don't get close to them, uh, 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 establish your social distance, get close to Jesus. There is no signs with Jesus that says social distance. Jesus is saying, come unto me. Jesus is saying, draw near to me, and I'm going to draw near to you. And what's going to happen? We're going to resist. And this thing is going to immediately have to flee off of your life. She had issues. But in dealing with the issue, you've got to get close to Jesus. Look at what the Bible says. Verse 27 says, when she heard that Jesus was coming, when she heard of Jesus, she came, and she came close to him, got behind him, the word said, and pressed in and said, I'm going to touch him. You can touch Jesus. Jesus has said to you, it, it, look, you can even establish a place in your own house, in your own house called a prayer closet, a secret prayer closet, where you reach in and touch Jesus. When you press in and touch Jesus. I would say to you, if you haven't as a Christian realized the significance of having a prayer closet. You all went to a movie and you loved the movie. It was called a prayer room, I believe. War room. Amen. I like it. War room. Because that's where you do spiritual warfare in your prayer closet. That's where you bind. That's where you loose. That's where you set some things free. That's where you get free because you are purposing to touch Jesus. You are purposing not to let whatever the issue is destroy you. Because you know that God has come that you might have what? Life. You know, this woman had to have a made-up mind. She had to have a mind made up that the crowd was not going to get in her way. I love what the King James, she said, he touched the hem of his garment, which gives me a picture. Uh, 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 I have this picture of a woman that's literally probably on the ground crawling to get to Jesus. But she was determined, I'm not going to let my condition keep me from getting to Jesus. I'm not going to let the crowd keep me from getting to Jesus. I'm not going to let fear catch me up that it isolates me and binds me. I am pressing in to the presence of Jesus this morning. She wasn't going to let anything reduce her. She realized that he would lift her up. Her life and how it had been defined was intended to reduce her. Do you realize that the devil will try to play with your mind to reduce you? To tell you, you have no value. You have no meaning. You have no purpose. But that's a lie. Say the devil is a lie. See, you have been created by God. You have been created with purpose. You have been created by design. You have been created for this time. You have been created to make a difference. And sometimes you have to press your way through the barriers in this life. Some of you, I know that you have issues, but I'm telling you this morning, God's got you here to let you know that he can deal with your issues. 
if you're willing to press. If you will not look at the barrier and say that this is so big, it's kind of like David looking at the giant and the children or the soldiers of Israel looking at the giant. The soldiers are looking and saying he's too big for us to go out and battle. And David is probably saying he's just too big for me to miss. And you know how David went out? The Bible said David went running to the battlefield. The, the soldiers went running from the battlefield. They would come out in the morning. The Bible says the soldiers would get into a huddle and then the giant would come out and say, send me a man. Send me somebody out here to fight. And said, and all of them would run. But little David went running to the battlefield. This morning I'm telling you, you've got to start running toward God. When you run toward God, you're running toward the battlefield where you will win. You're running with some things that are not conventional, but you're going to win. God will have you with stones and not spears. God will have you with weapons that are not carnal, but mighty through God. And you will pull down the strongholds that are coming against you. Because God can deal with your issue. God dealt with Goliath that day. That day David declared... You may be big, but my God is bigger. Somebody say, my God is greater. My God is bigger. My God. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is Lord. You've got to understand, Jesus is Lord and Satan is not. Jesus is a healer and sickness cannot stay. Jesus is the provider and poverty cannot stay in your life. Jesus is the beginning and the end. Everything begins with him and everything is going to end with him. And I'm so glad that this lady discovered she knew that something would happen. Verse 21 said, uh, verse 28 rather says, she knew something would happen if she just touched him. How many of you know that something will happen if you'll just touch him? Yeah. Something will happen if you'll just press in. Yeah. Something will happen. Something has to change. Yeah. David and Nicole Binion would say, something's moving. Something's changing. Heaven. Heaven on earth. This is why you say, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? Here on earth, just like it is in heaven. Do you think there's any issues in heaven? Not in heaven. God said, while you occupy, and if you will occupy until I come, you can call down the kingdom to come. You can call for the will of God to be done here on the earth you think it's God's will for you to be healed absolutely absolutely it's not something that you have to even give a thought to it is God's will you know, every now and then I hear people praying if it be God's will well I'm telling you right now the Bible tells me it is God's will it is God's will what is the will of the devil to kill you to steal from you to destroy your life but the Bible said you have to take a position that says, I'm not going to give him any place. That woman said, look, it's been 12 years, and it's enough. I don't know how long your issue has been plaguing you, but until you decide like she did, I'm going to get close to God. I'm going to get close to God. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to get close enough that I know I can touch God. I can touch him. And he'll touch you. But he loves it when you are reaching to him and saying, God, I want to touch you. One thing that I learned about this, life issues can drive you toward the Lord. I know it can take some people off the deep end, but... Life issues can drive you toward the Lord. And life issues was driving this woman toward the Lord. Sometimes you must look at your issues with 
different eyes instead of allowing the issues of life to be a wall that blocks you. It should be seen as a wall that teaches you how to climb it and knock it down. Amen? There's a lady named, most of you wouldn't know who she is, but her name is Fanny Crosby. Look her up. Google her. You'll find that this is a woman who wrote a lot of hymns. You'll find that she was blind. You'll find that she understood perhaps what the author, when he wrote Amazing Grace, I was once blind, I was once blind but now I see. She could see. She could see the glory of God. Folks, some things you have to see beyond your natural eye. And you've got to start looking with the spiritual eye that God has given you. Don't let the issues define you. The Bible says let the word define you. Let the word inspire you. Let the word be the lamp unto your feet. Let the word be the light unto your path. Let the word be the medicine to all your flesh. Let the word be nigh you even in your mouth because you're drawing near to God and God is doing what? Drawing near to you. So what did we learn about this woman today? She knew she had to get close to Jesus. Here's a second thing that I want you to do uh, to put in your notes. And it'll be my conclusion. When he handles it, or when he handles your issue, you got to tell it. When God handles your issue, when God blesses you, when God delivers you, when God heals you, when God brings you out, you got to tell it. You've got to testify of the goodness of God. This morning, somebody is getting their blessing, and God said, you need to tell it. Somebody, you're going to get your need met, and God said, you need to tell it. Amen? You've got to tell it. This is too good for you not to tell. God is doing something so great for you to just ignore it. Anybody in here, God done something good for you, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If God done something great for you in your life, stand to your feet. Just lift your hands toward him and just begin to thank him. And now what I want you to do is take an advanced step today and go tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. You, you might not be able to come and grab a mic and testify to those that are standing here, but God's going to give you an audience today, this week. Go tell somebody. What God has done for you. When you look back over your life, go tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. When the Lord does something for you, you've got to express it. You've got to find a way to express it. Whether you write a letter, whether you text somebody, whether you, 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 you do you understand? Whether you get out in the middle of the street and tell somebody. He touched me. He touched me. And he's made me whole. I'm complete in him. In him I'm living now. In him I'm moving now. In him I'm having my being. Anybody in here, God brought you out of cancer. Just shout it under God. Anybody in here, God brought you out of a financial situation that you didn't realize. God, how am I going to get through? For some of us, God has brought us miles and miles away to take us to heights that we could never even dream of. You got to tell somebody. You got to testify. You got to glorify. And my wife and I, we were watching a, you might call it a documentary. And it was a, a basketball, Shaquille O'Neal. And he was just going through things that his mother and father put in him. And people didn't realize what a philanthropist he is. They didn't realize the millions of dollars that he gives to the Boys and Girls Club because the Boys and Girls Club had made such a difference in his life when he was a child in New Jersey. 
You know, one guy was talking about the fact that he said, I was there, and, and, and the man, the, the, the jewelry store, they were saying, look, you haven't been able to make a payment, and we are not going to be able to give you the ring that you want to give to your fiancé so that you can get married. Because, and he says, you know, I, I've been out of the job. I've been, COVID has, has, has shut down everything, and I had, couldn't make it. And, and, and when you know that Shaq would be there. Yeah, Shaq's shops and sales, I guess. But he said to the man, no problem. I've got this. Paid in full. Paid in full. I, folks, I, I, I'm just telling you, when God does something for you, you got to tell somebody. When God gives, he wants you to give. When God blesses, he wants you to be a blessing. When God delivers you, he wants you to be an agent. Help people understand they can be delivered to. Hallelujah. Anybody in here realize that God wants you to testify? Get close to God. Get closer than ever before. I share with you, after resurrection, there is 40 days. I don't know if you've been marking your calendar and marking off the number of days since the great celebration of resurrection, but have you been letting God purify have you been working on purity? I might say it like this. Have you been focusing on holiness? Because the Bible says, be ye holy as I am holy. Do you realize that that's what God filled them with? Holiness. We like to say he filled them with the Holy Ghost. He filled them with holiness. So that they be about his business. Because if you don't let God purify you and fill you with holiness you'll be about your business and I'm telling you you'll probably end up with more issues and more issues and more issues in your life but if you'll just come to God and let God be God in your life thanks again for joining us today here at Rainbow Family our mission is to love God love people and change the world if you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.